Okay, everyone, welcome back to Uncommon Ground. I am Mike, and to my left is Sam McGregor, pastor at Allison Creek Church. So, hello, we've everyone. Been, we've been doing this podcast and putting some interesting topics out there. Um, hopefully, you've watched all of them and you've now caught up and everything like that. But if not, definitely go back and watch the others. But today, you can binge watch. You can. So you can spend like a good Saturday just binge watching Uncommon Ground. And yeah. that, that would not be a wasted day. No. And then you can do it again the next weekend. And you could, yeah. <laughs> um, so today, um, trying to figure out what to talk about. Um, we've been talking about a lot of different things past ones. But one thing kind of came up after talking with my dad this past week. And I thought it was kind of an interesting topic. So my question to you is, why do you believe in God? Well, that's obviously kind of a core question. Um, So, you know, for one, I think it does go back to, I've got to be honest and say, that's what I was taught to believe. As a child, I was raised in a Christian home and with parents that, that modeled for me that this is, this is what we do. We, we are involved in a church. We're active in a church. Um, we're there on Sunday mornings, and, and we do the youth group. And, and so, you know, I was raised in a culture where there really wasn't a question about it. And I, I would say not an option, but it was just who I grew up with. And so it was instilled in me from a very early age that, that God is a part of our life and God is a part of this family. And growing up on a farm with the, with the impact of weather and, and things outside of your control that, I, you know, what was modeled for me was, was God is in control. Um, and we trust that. And, and, um, and so, so, so I have to be honest and say, you know, th- it was instilled in me in a, as a, in the core belief. Now, as I say that, I recognize there are plenty of folks who, grow up in same kind of environments who decide that's, you know, not what they, um, want to continue, um, believing. So, so then when I go off to college, it's the first time that I feel like my, my faith becomes my faith and not the faith of my family. And so when I was a a freshman at, in college at, at Clemson, I remember having kind of a choice to make between the folks that I was living on the hall with who were living one type of lifestyle that I wasn't necessarily comfortable with. I, I wasn't comfortable with it. Um, not that it was a bad lifestyle. It just was just different than, than what I had grown up with. And then when I got to college, I immediately went to in to the Presbyterian Student Association there at Clemson, and and and, and found friends that I felt 
spoke the same language, who, you know, understood where I came from and understood, you know, where they came from. And so it was, it was a place that I felt natural being a part of. And so, and so, so for me, it was very easy for me to continue to develop those relationships with, with, with that Christian group that, that, that nurtured me. Um, so, so part of it is I was born into it. Part of it is that it was my place where I felt comfortable being around other Christians. But then I think the third level uh, is on a deeper level as I have questioned that and as I have questioned my faith and as I have gone through those periods of, of time of, of challenge, um, for me, it's been reinforced of, of God's presence being there and God's presence guiding me in, in, in ways that go beyond anything that I can explain or any, beyond any ways that I can just pass off as random. Um, you know, one example for me is when I was going through a particularly difficult time in, as pastor of this church where there was a, a group of, of folks that determined that I was not, I, was, I, sh- I should not continue here as, as pastor. And I felt like, and, and so I listened to that and explored other routes to, to go to, to not be pastor here anymore, um, exploring other churches, exploring other non-church ministry and and through that whole experience i kept having um random things happen um, random conversations random people being placed in my life that were saying to me no i want you to stay here as as pastor which seemed to go against what the message i was getting from from uh, a lot of uh, some folks in in the church and and so um, you know so so it's those kinds of experiences that i've that I've had in in my life in in different random times of 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 feeling this this presence of of God guiding me um, forward and or reassuring or directing in different ways than, than I would have normally gone. Um, I, I think about the, the time uh, when my wife and I were dating, um, Catherine, and I was, we, when we started dating, um, uh, I was questioning, is this the right thing? Should, you know, should I con- pursue this relationship? And, and and so I was I was walking outside at the time, and and I and I was looking up at the sky. So I was having these deep deep conversations or deep prayer, and and I look up and I and I see a shooting star. Now, okay, is it a random shooting star? Maybe, yeah. You know, shooting stars happen, um, but for me, it it was it was a 
a, a divine sign to say, okay, this is, this is what I want, you know, it is right to continue in this relationship. So, you know, it's those kinds of moments that, that I could pass off as, as just random events or natural events, which, you know, shooting stars are random natural event easily explained or to me and my faith do i interpret them as as signs of, of god's presence in my life guiding and, and directing me forward in in whatever ways so so i i thought it was interesting that you were talking about i guess one of your questioning moments was possibly the people in the church is that one of the times possibly yeah so my question is is if if that was a time of you having doubts in what you were doing and stuff like that, couldn't you also see it the other way around? I'm playing devil's advocate, but like if people are telling you that they don't want you here, maybe that would have been God telling you that you weren't supposed to be here. You're supposed to be somewhere else. And you could have seen it the same way that it was a message. Cause it seems like what you, what you're describing to me is that, you're looking for, you're trying to see messages to to keep your faith in God. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, what I would say is I was, I had decided that, okay, I should leave. Okay. Right. That, that, and so I was heading in that direction and, 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 and quite honestly was, preparing to leave because i i felt like that's that's what every that's what everything was moving in that direction but when i kept having these moments that were going against everything that uh, appeared to be the direction of the way things should go and to me those were those were moments that were stronger more powerful more clear than than the the messages I was getting that that I should leave and because I I was not um you know I was not looking for signs to to stay and I understand the question because you know what happens so much in in human psychology is we look for stories and experiences that reinforce what we already believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why if you're conservative, you watch Fox news. So it will reinforce what you already believe. If you're liberal, you watch MSNBC. So it will reinforce what you already believe, whatever. And, 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 and people do that in, in church world where, um, if you want, if you're a conservative and you want to reinforce what you already believe, you'll go to a conservative church that will reinforce it. Um, and, and vice versa. If, if you want to go, you know, if you consider yourself liberal and, and want to go to a quote unquote liberal church. Um, and, and, you know, people do that with data all the time mm-hmm. that they will pick and choose the data to reinforce what, what they already believe. Um, and and so I'm very aware of that and I'm cognizant of that in in my experiences. But I, but I think that what what faith for me is is being truly open to 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 seeing God guiding you in a direction that that maybe is not 
reinforcing what you already believe. Um, and, you know, and, and that's a that's a challenge in faith to, to truly be open to 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 having your pre um, pre-existing beliefs um, challenged. And and because um, they're you know, there are things that 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 I am in a different place in my faith journey about some things that I believe than I was last month or several weeks or, you know, a few years ago. Um, so, I, you know, I think that's that's what faith growth is all about, is being willing to, to examine and re-examine and to listen to, to um, you know, different viewpoints and biblical viewpoints and whatever. I just think it's very easy for you to, or anyone really, for, let's say that you did leave the church and you went somewhere else at that time. And during your transition, you feel like, you know, you... You feel like maybe God wasn't telling you what you wanted to hear or whatever. But then after you're in your new position, wherever that is, you feel like, oh, this is where I was supposed to be. God wanted me to come here. I feel like no matter what your path is, people are going to try to squeeze in that this was God's determination for you to do this, no matter what your outcome is. So whether you stayed here, it was God's plan. Whether you went somewhere else, it was God's plan. I feel like people can do that with anything and make it seem like that's the, I don't want to say excuse, but kind of like their excuse to say that God was, was there with them no matter what their outcome was. So like, I get, that's part of my thing. Like when I was talking to my dad about it, like mm-hmm. I was trying to like, he kept saying all these things and some of them contradicted themselves. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and he was thinking about it and trying to figure it out. And then like it, it seemed like every path it didn't matter what the decision was, whether it was good or bad at that, at that moment, it was always like, Oh, well this was supposed to be the plan. It just at that time it's, it seemed bad, but that's where God wanted me to be. And I, I kind of feel that you want that people want God in their life so badly that they're willing to put them wherever they needed to be to make them feel better about whatever their situation is. Well, I, I agree with you to a point that, you know, people will make stupid decisions and and then say, well, well, God blessed that, or God wanted that to happen. Um, I'm not sure I have a real good answer for you, and because I do think people do that, and and I and I see that all the time of of people giving God a whole lot more credit for for bad decisions or or misguided decisions um and you know that's that's a hard question and it's it's hard to to come up with a good answer um you know i i think for me it it takes a a lot of patience trying to be patient and trying to be open and and listening to to you know it because in those in those moments of greatest insecurity, I hope that that I am my antennas are are great are are the greatest open to hearing what God is guiding me to do. Because I think too many times we do jump out and make rash decisions, and then expect God to to bless that decision. Um, 
I'm sure I gave him a real good answer. No, I mean, it, it makes sense, and I can understand it. I mean, it was going back again with what my dad and I were talking about, because, again, it, it kind of flowed into what free will could or could not be, because I was trying to discuss with him, like, if God guides us on these paths all the time, then we don't have free will. And then he, he was saying that we do have free will, but, yes, God knows what we're going to do before we do it, and I said if that's the case, it's not free will. It's a, it's already a path that's that placed that's placed before us. Well, I, I, I like to think that, that, that God's got the big picture, um, wrapped up, but that we do have free will as far as whether or not we're going to be a part of, of that bigger picture and whether we're going to get in the flow of the river or whether we're going to battle upstream, um, or whether we're going to, be on the side and, and watch the river flow. And so for me, what faith and what deepening in my faith is, is getting farther out and, and trusting myself farther out into the, into the river um, of where God is, is flowing things. But just with what I was saying with my dad, it's like, if God knows what you're going to do, like what your path is, if you decide not to go with the stream and go against it and trying to fight hard, that means that God knows that. And he already knew before you even were going to do it. So your path was still predetermined. Well, I would say that, that God knows me so well, God probably has a pretty good idea of what I'm going to do. Um, so I need to take God to the casino so I could get good bets because he knows. Well, you know, <laughs> he knows you're probably going to be stupid if you bunch, you know, bet a bunch of money at the casino. Um, but, you know, if I am, okay, so let's go with that. If, if I am somebody with an addictive personality and I'm walking to a casino, then, I mean, yeah, uh, it's, pretty sure God knows what's going to happen when I get into that casino. Um, but, you know, for me, let's say I am that kind of person, then, you know, my prayer to God is to say, okay, I, I know that I know that I have those traits. And so God guide me to the places that are healthy for me. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I had a marvelous conversation with somebody this week and, and this person I was able to affirm them that the decisions that, that this person is making in, in light of some of their own health issues that, that they are facing. And, and so I think that because this person is, is making those, those good choices that, that I feel God is guiding this person to do, then, um, you know, that's going to, to, to help them experience the healing that, that God yearns for, for this person. So. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. No, it is. What I does mean, that mean? No, because I, I, I get, I'm getting different answers from different people when I ask them certain questions. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's almost like there's no one way to, to have you feel what God is or what God be, is that you believe in or whatever. Because another thing, I'm, I'm putting my dad on the spot a lot, but I mean, it was just, the, it was a conversation. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, he can, you know, he's going to be listening. To I this. know he's going to be listening. And we'll have more conversations, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things. I mean, but that's what I like. I like having conversations with people. It's, it's one of those things when, when I was asking him, one, the, one of the reasons that he said that he believes in God or that he got, he believes God is real. Um, even though we've 
we went on some weird weird journeys about maybe God's an alien and all these other things, but that'll be another to- another topic. But one of the things that he told me is that he believes that God is real because there are different people that had similar experiences that wrote about it and wrote in the Bible, mm-hmm. their chapters and everything like that. But everyone's experience was so similar and everything like that, that that like confirmed his faith that God is real because these different people had this experience. And I posed a very interesting question to him and he didn't know how to answer. And my question was, do you believe in mermaids? Like the actual like humanoid, like hybrid of a fish and a human mermaid. Well, my wife went to a mermaid swim this week, so they must be real. So did, did they breathe underwater? I, did I, they have? Tanks? I don't know. She didn't. You know, uh, this friend of ours and who's a woman invited women to come to her pool, and and they had a mermaid swim. So, so it must be real then. So, because so there was this mermaid swim this week. So mermaids must be real was it a costume or was it i I don't know they i was not there mike there are some more questions i was just just told it was a mermaid swim and that was was on the calendar in my house and you just took that as as real because you were told that i was told that yeah and so you took it on on faith that mermaids are real well it it was for this group mermaids were real for this group because they had an experience of of being mermaids i guess whatever that means for them okay but it, my dad I've, didn't I know think how to uh, Yeah, I think I've thrown you on that no, answer. No, you didn't really throw okay. me because uh, you should have asked more questions. Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't need to know any more about the mermaid swim. <laughs> See, I would have I would have liked to know more information. Oh, okay. So I okay. could determine what was going on. Mm, okay. So, and and that's that's how I am. That like I don't, and that's how I see see my faith and or my my non faith or however you want to look at it is that I question things. And I mean, I, now I asked that question to my dad, and he did not know how to answer. And he, his, que- his response to me was he believes there's things in the ocean that look like mermaids. And my response was, that's okay, but do you believe that all these sailors have written their stories that are on different ships, that there was a siren in the ocean that looked like a mermaid that drove all these sailors to crash their ships into the rocks? that looked like humans, these beautiful, you know, kind of creatures or whatever, all these different sailors that that had all these different experiences that wrote all their own stories. Do you believe in mermaids? And he, he could not answer me. Not in the same way that he said that he believed in God, even though he hasn't seen God in like an actual form per se, but he read about it in books and believed it through books, but he couldn't do it the same thing with a mermaid. Okay. So, if, if I'm a sailor, and again, you know, the, the waters are dangerous, it's unknown. You were talking about people who were going into, you know, what is considered the, the chaos. And so stories come back that, hey, there were mermaids out there, sirens or whatever. So, so you have that implanted in your brain. So you're going to look for that. And so when you get to those moments where you then see natural events happen, you, because that has, because you have been predisposed to, to look for that, then you're going to see it and you're going to, and, and plus you don't want to be the odd one. If 
all your friends are talking about seeing mermaids, then you're going to want to see a mermaid too. And you don't think that that could be the same in the Bible? That people walking through a desert in the heat and the exhaustion and tired and lack of food, lack of water, you see mirages out in the desert that make you see things and hear things. And you don't want to be the last one out, so you're going to go with it. I'm not going to argue with you. I, I think that could be the case. Um, however, so then for, so therefore, does my experience um, say that that those experiences are not valid or do I, or do my experiences say that those experiences could be valid? And, and so as I compare those biblical stories, um, versus my own experience, my own experience, um, reinforces me to, to, believe those stories but also to believe those stories in a point that it doesn't mean it has to literally be true for me to believe the story does that make sense that that when someone talks about their experience of god and and the way they describe that experience it doesn't have to literally be true for me to believe that they experience god in that moment but again, if you've been told to look for God and you you try to look for him and you see something, you just say that that's God. Does it, is that really God? Well, and I and unfortunately, I think what a lot of of organized religion has done is narrowed down the scope of where God can be experienced, and and I think that part of my role as a pastor is to to help. Um, expand where folks can experience and, and see God. And a lot of folks who have, who have turned away from the church because where the church has told them that they need to experience God, um, their experiences, that's not where I see God. And so therefore, if you're telling me that there's only a very rigid way to experience God, and you know, and so that's where that's where you get a lot of folks rejecting um, organized religion. And you know, part of what I see as as my calling is to is to try to connect with uh, with at least some of those folks that uh, maybe feel like um, you know what they've been taught uh, through organized religion that. Um, that, that there is um, an, an, an experience with God that is different than, than the rigid way that they were taught God is to be discovered. So do you think that in whole, not saying in everyone, but just a collective, that the majority of organized religion has actually hurt itself in the way people look at religion nowadays? Unfortunately, I would say yes. So then what is, do you think, the change for religion then? For me, I think organized religion, the change that we have to, um, have to be about is not being so legalistic, not being so rigid in, in 
defining how how God is revealed, but being open to to ways that God is revealed that may be um, outside of the ways that that a, a very rigid understanding of a revelation happens. Okay. I'm a little foggy on that answer, but I'm foggy on that answer too. <laughs> I can, I can kind of put some of it together and understand what you're saying, but is it something that basically like the, the church needs to go away and it needs to start again? No, no, I, I don't, I, I think the, the church is here for a purpose. I do think the, the pandemic has given us an opportunity and, but unfortunately I think a lot of churches are missing the opportunity of reset and of having things basically shut down for a while and to, to examine why we do what we do and to start as a, as a, um, uh, entrepreneur, uh, instead of trying to to recapture something that existed before because i think if we have an entrepreneurial kind of attitude then then we'll discover um some new ways of of experiencing god and through some new people of experiencing god so um so no i don't think organized religion should go away but i do think that we need to be open to the ways that this is an opportunity to 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 function in a different way Okay. That's cool. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's all I had in my head for, for today's That sounds That sounds stuff. good. Sounds like a good conversation, I hope. So, and I mean, I got some other stuff for some future ones. Well, I got I got some stuff I want to talk about, but we'll be talking okay. about off camera so you can prepare for it. Okay. But, um, and that gives you some excitement probably for some stuff coming up. I'm excited. So, so good. Yeah. All right, guys. So we hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions about your own faith in God or whatever it may be, definitely let us know. Um, you can message uh, Pastor Sam and or even ask me some questions, and we can go from there. So we hope you enjoyed it. Definitely check out our other episodes if you haven't yet, and we'll see you on the next one. All right. Take care. Later, guys. <laughs>